Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you these wisdom teachings. Dear listeners, it is with great excitement and gratitude that we introduce our exceptional guest, Karen Mills Alston. Her presence embodies spiritual harmony and grace, leaving us in awe of her wisdom and integrity. As a contributing faculty member at Agape University for Spiritual Transformation, a licensed spiritual practitioner, counselor, and master teacher, Karen has been guiding light for over 15 years. Mm -hmm. Karen's divine essence extends beyond her spiritual leadership. She is a co-CEO of The Good House, a well-being and multimedia company that creates inspiring books, content, and podcasts. She's also a co-host. She also co-hosts the Uplifting Say Something Good, The Good News Podcast. With her extensive experience as an award-winning author and international speaker, Karen offers transformational workshops and one-on-one client sessions drawing for her lifelong spiritual journey. Yes, and in her remarkable three-book series called 10 Principles for a Life Worth Living, Karen shares the profound legacy of three generations of women who dedicated themselves to spiritual principles and practices, and we'll hear all about that. Today, we are so honored to be in the presence of Karen Mills Alston, a beloved peace teacher who brings forth divine delight and goodness simply by being. Karen, welcome. We're delighted to have you. We're oh, over. Thank, thank you. you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, impossible to, de to describe our love for you and our appreciation oh, for you. And you. Uh, I trust that it will be conveyed through our conversation here today. We've got so much to share. You are truly a gift in my life and in Paula's life. And uh, we're just gonna jump right in, Karen. Wonderful, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Now, Paula and I know a little bit about your background with respect to your ancestry and these three magnificent generations of new thought practitioners and ancient wisdom embodiers. And uh, we'd love to hear more about that, as well as your background in uh, political science and your career as a lobbyist and how all of these things culminated and brought you into the field of spirituality and, uh, and personal development. Will you share with us a little bit about your background, please? Yes. I um, graduated from the University of Southern California, USC, and I majored in political science. Didn't begin there. I began in uh, as a biology major because I had this idea that my father thought that I um, should be a doctor, and I, I struggled, and I'm using air quotes now. No, I struggled. It was real <laughs> in biology. And I went to my father and he said, I want you to be happy. So I changed my major, became a, a political science major. And after I graduated, soon after, a couple of years after I graduated, there was this, this um, need to have women representing the city of Los Angeles 
in Sacramento. So I lobbied there for 11 years and uh, lobbied everything from, oh, guns to education to uh, police reform to um, stop signs, everything. It was just really, really wonderful. After I left there, uh, and I, I just left because I, my, my, our daughter was born, and I thought that I could commute with her to Sacramento, and it just wasn't something that was, um, that felt good. So I, be, I came back to Los Angeles permanently and um, started lobbying for the Air Transport Association. Um, and then uh, after a couple of years there, I was hired by uh, Alaska Airlines. I was a regional vice president with Alaska Airlines. And then I went to Southwest Airlines, lobbied with them. And all of this, I was doing this balancing act with, with our daughter um, because I wanted to be there for her. I ended up um, telling Southwest Airlines that I was going to be, uh, I wanted to spend more and more time with my daughter, let that go. And I was guided and directed by spirit uh, mm -hmm. to do that. And I ended up working for my husband uh, in John Austin Presents. John was a professional speaker and a writer and an author and all those good things. And I, I did that until um, until John made his transition. So um, as I was guided and directed through all of that, uh, Lindsay had this and continues to have this great life because I was able to infuse spiritual principle within her. Um, my, so I'm the third generation of practitioners in my family. My grandmother studied with Ernest Holmes, the wow. man who wrote the, the textbook. Yes, mm -hmm. Ernest Holmes, it must have been in the 40s and 50s, maybe the early 50s, was doing lectures at the Wilter, Wiltern Theater at Western and Wilshire in Los Angeles. My grandmother attended those, uh, those lectures, which was very unusual for a woman of color. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother, of course, ended up studying with her um, at a certain point. You know, she might have, uh, my, my grandmother became licensed, and then my grandmother made, uh, my, my grandmother became licensed, and then my mother became licensed maybe in the 1970s. Um, I don't think that she was able to experience Ernest Holmes. She just didn't. She wasn't interested at that time. Um, but I grew up with these two powerful women in my life who knew about prayer and meditation and intention setting. And um, so I've taken all of that. And I, as I teach, they've passed the baton to me. And mm -hmm. I've taken that baton and I'm running with it right now. So mm -hmm. that's a little bit of that. Wow, I can't believe your grandma studied with Ernest Holmes. That's yes. amazing. What a yes. revolutionary hero. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And she used to talk about how Ernest Holmes would, um, would get up in the morning, get completely showered and dressed. He would put a suit on and he would sit in a chair and meditate 
because that's the way that he was honoring the presence. He just didn't roll out of bed and sit in a chair and meditate. He really prepared himself physically to sit with this presence and this power. Mm. Yes, I love that. Okay, I love it too. Yeah, yeah, so you see you had the privilege and the honor to come from this beautiful, powerful women that say yes to this very <laughs> alternative at the time, maybe yes. more very alternative way of, of, of communicating and being with spirit. Mm-hmm. So I am assuming, but I don't want to make any assumptions that uh, <laughs> with that privilege, uh, the seed was planted in you. And then there was this inspiration for this book series. So can you tell us a little bit um, about the 10 principles for a life worth living? What message uh, do you, oh, at the time when you wrote it, did you hope readers would take away from it? Or you, they still take away from it when they read it? Yeah, you know, I knew that I had to write something. Um, and... One of the, the, the book was inspired by the journey I was on with my husband as he had a diagnosis and as I took care of him for two and a half years. Um, and I didn't start writing the book until, let's see, uh, it was a few years after he had transitioned. I started writing down the things that I had to, that I had learned from him. Um, and even though I don't write this in the book, maybe the essence of it is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a principle, um, but it it and it was is to love unconditionally, no matter what's going on. That's part of the inspiration. The other inspiration is that I learned to pray without any expectation to the outcome, because uh, when John was moving through his, this his body temple and this whole experience, I was really praying in separation, meaning that I wasn't always recognizing his wholeness. I was was praying to have the cancer be gone. Mm -hmm. And that's not how we pray. We pray for wholeness and perfection and all of that kind of stuff. So the book, when I first started writing it, I thought it was going to be on this journey with John. And as it turns out, I was able to put in it different different sayings that he had. Um, one of the sayings that he had is, life is a gift, don't trash it. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Life is a gift. Let's live each moment fully. Let's grow and expand. Let's um, pay attention to the words that we use. He also said, and I'm just remembering these things off the cuff, if you wake up in the morning, you're in the game. So he said, and that's where I think my first principle came from, um, begin each day in a spirit of gratitude. Because when you wake up in the morning, you've been granted another day of life. You're in the game. Make the best possible thing that you can make of the day. So John is throughout the book. Um, My my teachers, uh, Michael Beckwith and 
Gold, Joel Goldsmith are in the book. So I, those are my three teachers and Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements. They're all they're All of those individuals are peppered in the book, the workbook, the, the book of affirmations. They're just, they're just there because it's become my life. So I am practicing these things, all the principles consistently, consistently. That's the, that's the essence of all of it, isn't it? Yes. 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 I love the, the daily affirmations, the book of quotes and yes, the workbook. Yes. And, and I just repeat for our listeners, there are three books that come in the series and they all work in collaboration with one another. Yes. Yes. Um, although they stand, they also stand on their own because as they, they were arriving for me uh, several years ago from Amazon, they didn't come all at the same time. And so I can attest to the fact that, uh, that <laughs> they stand alone. Yes. On its own. <laughs> yes. yes. And thank you for sharing with us a, a, a glimpse into John's legacy and his contribution mm-hmm. as a speaker and a great yes. uh, spiritual being and, and contributor and spiritual revolutionary and, and all of the like. Um, Wow, what a magnificent family and background you come from. Just grateful to your ancestors because you. I am yes. directly benefiting <laughs> from grandmother's choice to go sit there and listen to Ernest Holmes. I mean, I, my family is directly benefiting from your oh, grandmother's yes. choice. Yes, thank you. So thank you for saying Honoring that. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. And I love that you mentioned uh, um, Don Miguel Ruiz. He's a great mm-hmm. teacher. He's got the four agreements. And yes. he talks about, which which we've studied in your presence, by the way, Karen, you know, the being integral, being in integrity with your word. And I heard you mention that John spoke of that as well, of, you know, we we plant these seeds, as Don Miguel Ruiz mentions, Mm -hmm. we're always planting seeds with our thoughts. And can we get into in particular, um, it's your chapter three, I believe that's around, um, I don't want to misquote, it's aligning yourself with your word. Yes, align with the creative power of your word. Don Miguel says that our word has power, that we create with our word. So so I ask the question, what are we creating? Don Miguel talks about um, instead of creating um, with our thoughts and our words, things, in other words, that we don't want, same thing that... Um, John says, same thing that Reverend Michael and Ernest Holmes say, uh, let's create um, things that we do want in our life. Don Miguel specifically talks about planting seeds of love. That's just beautiful. So how do we plant those seeds of love? We, we plant them with the words that we say, the words that come out of our mouth, and the thoughts that we think. That's, that's just it. So what words are we saying to ourselves about ourselves? Are we saying that we are loved and adored and appreciated? Or, or are we saying that we're not worthy, we're not good enough, we're not confident? So there's this stream that goes out before us, and it re- really creates the life that we're living just by the words that we're thinking and the thoughts that we're, uh, the words that we're saying and the thoughts that we're thinking, just by those things. Hmm. And are there any specific, sorry, did I interrupt you, Jen? Were you going to say something? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, sister. So, um, 
is there any specific mindset shift or belief system that we need that need to be addressed in order to fully embrace and harness this creative power of the word? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, Don Miguel says that as we are growing up, we are told lies and we believe those lies. Reverend Michael says that if we believe those lies, then we're in violation of the law, the truth of our beingness. And um, Joel Goldsmith says that we are malpracticing if the words that come out of our mouth and the thoughts that we think are not words that create something wonderful. Mm. So that's the principle, and those are the principles in back of all those. And see, these are individuals that have said different, have said the same thing in different words. And they're still part of this new thought, ageless wisdom teaching. So we have individuals that, because nothing is new, right? None of it is new. It's just the, the language these, that these individuals use in order to allow us to hear them in a different way. Maybe, I mean, when Don Miguel says these are lies, if somebody tells you you're not good enough, you can't do something, that's a lie. Um, uh, Joe Goldsmith says that we're malpracticing if we say those lies about ourselves or to anybody else. So the idea is to really take what these teachers are teaching and to speak from the truth, because we're talking about spiritual truth. Reverend Kathleen talks about speaking high. Mm. Reverend Michael talks about um, the idea of um, spiritually gossiping. Spiritually mm -hmm. gossiping. You know, I got into Don Miguel because of that first agreement, be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word. That's where what are you saying to yourself about yourself emerged. So when we're impeccable with our word, we stop gossiping, that lower end gossip. We stop allowing individuals to come to us with stuff that is... Um, that is not kind, that is not loving. And then um, because we've made an agreement with ourselves to be in integrity, we do not, we, we might in that moment not engage with those individuals that have brought us the gossip. I remember doing that and I stopped re receiving phone calls with gossip. It's just that simple. It happens in an instant because I was, I had made an agreement with my higher self that I was not going to carry on that information. I wasn't, because gossip is that. Somebody says something, you get it, you embellish it probably, and then you call somebody else and you say, guess what? Mm -hmm. And then you speak in this lower vibration. So that's being spiritually mature. When we make a decision to stop ourselves in our tracks and not be in agreement with that that so-called lower vibration when somebody and i want you to think about this now we probably do this i know we do this uh, we 
we spiritually gossip about someone. Do you know that these these wonderful newly licensed practitioners have this great podcast? It's so wonderful. It's so brilliant. It is so inclusive as opposed to what somebody would say if they are not feeling good about themselves, because that's where gossip comes from. So we get to extend this this wonderful vibration of unconditional love. Those are the seeds that we're planting when we're talking about aligning ourselves with the creative power of our word. Mm. It's easy. And then it's not so easy. It becomes easy when we begin to practice something new. Mm. I love that invitation. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Cheers to that. Yes. Yes. I remember um accepting that invitation and mm-hmm. having a few moments and, and I'd love for you to speak into this Karen of what Michael calls embarrassment when one realizes the lies perhaps one yes. picked up a way of speaking about oneself that was derogatory or insulting or modest or, or, or some way of not me I'm you know I'm I'm no one or, or however we learn to discredit ourselves and speak what what Don Miguel Ruiz is calling lies, these yes. out of alignment uh, beliefs yes. and words. So, so, so there is an individual, they've heard your invitation. They say, yes, Karen, this sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm ready to be in integrity with my word. I, I, it feels so good to say no to gossip. I'll, I want to speak life into life. And so yes. I'll bring yes. the light here. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. What have I said my whole life? Oh my goodness. There's that realization or the emotions that come up, the feelings that might come up around lying yes. about ourselves and lying about others. Can you give us a little bit of, of, um, of assistance of how one might work with that? Having said yes to the invitation to be in integrity with their word, how do we deal with the emotions that come up about all that gunk we said? Yeah, we forgive ourselves. We forgive that old version of ourselves, right? Um, Because I think that that was probably the experience that I had originally, that I realized how out of integrity I was living my life, how I was carrying on this gossip, how I I was in these organizations, um, which I have been away from now for, boy, for 15 years or maybe more. Um, So I I began to realize the things that I had to let go of that no longer served me. There are organizations that I belong to. And after a meeting, I remember coming home and I would always get a telephone call from a member of that organization. And they would say, girl, did you hear what happened? Did you see what she had on? I mean, that kind of stuff. And I participated in those conversations. Um, And I didn't even realize at that point how um, unkind I was being to myself. And then I got into this whole activity of forgiving myself. That's the first thing that I got to do. I I got to forgive the old version of myself. I got to love myself up. I got to practice something new. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. So that self-forgiveness is, is something that worked for me. And it took me 
it took me years. I'm still working on catching myself Mm -hmm. because remember these words can be, um, they're ingrained in us sometimes. Um, we have been using these words or these this way of being, this, these lies for a very long time. And because we believed the lies, it takes a moment to shake those things off and to begin again. So when I work with clients, I encourage them to write down words that they use. You know, there are, and I have had clients who have called themselves stupid. They've called themselves um, unworthy. They have, um, and Reverend Michael talks about this, you know, they, there's this unforgiveness because they're too black, they're too white, they're too fat, they're too tall, they're too short, they're too, you know, all, all of those kinds of things. So when we begin to forgive ourselves and then love ourselves, we get to love ourselves. We get to laugh at ourselves. Are you using that word again? You caught yourself there, didn't you? It's those kinds of things that are really very, very important. Because remember, it's easy to, uh, to step into, to default into the world. The world will always want us back. The world will always say, yeah, come join hands. Let's do this together. Let's be unkind and unhealthy together. And the, the world will, they spit us out. You know, those who are in integrity, paying attention, not gossiping. We don't fit in any place. And what I say about that, I don't want to fit in anywhere. I really don't. I want people to think that I am different, that I'm weird, that I'm not whatever. I, uh, I had a conversation with someone recently who did not like the word inclusivity. Mm. Did not like it. What I love about new thought is that we include everything and everybody. It's really very, very beautiful because we get to love one another. That's the bottom line with all of this. So instead of the separation, we come together unified in this field of unconditional love. It's really a beautiful practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. Um, so much is coming up for me. I caught myself the other day <laughs> saying yeah. something. And the moment I, it was all out. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could feel my energy just coming down. Like, whew, that wasn't cool to say. And I remember right. that, um, and, you know, that permission to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself and I begin again. I, I don't want to do that That's anymore. It. But I did it yes. and it's out mm-hmm. now. And, you know, it's that uh, moment of redemption, that moment of, oh, <laughs> let me yes. forgive myself and begin again. Because it is true that the the word has creative power. What does the Bible say at the beginning? There was the word and the yes. word was God and the word was with God, right? Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. And so how um, was it, Reverend Cynthia, that I heard that she says, we got the big bang here in our mm-hmm. throat. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. We're boom, we're creating. Are we creating yes. or are we destroying? Right, yes, yes. So, and that's really powerful. Yeah. I heard someone else talk about that. Are we creating or are we destroying? That's yeah. a powerful question for us to ask ourselves. So are we creating with our words? Are we loving ourselves and others? 
or are we destroying ourselves and others with our word? Yeah. And there's no in between with that. Mm. We either are or we aren't. We're either creating the goodness or we're creating something that is not so good. And the thing about this universal law is that it's impersonal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what goes out comes back. So we always want to give out love and joy and peace because that's what we want to have back. One of the things that I remember growing up with, um, not with my mother or my grandmother, but certainly my some of my relatives, um, and we and I use this term bawling someone out. You know, you had to say something to somebody to get it out of your system. Um, and that's not what I've learned is that that is not good because that stuff returns to us. So we think that we're dumping, that we're purging on someone and then they go away and they may they may go away or they may come back at us. And then there's back and forth of what my mother used to call ugliness because that's what it is. So uh, I teach that if we want to purge, we allow someone to come into our awareness in the non-physical. We bring them in, we bring their energy in, and we get to say whatever it is that we get to say to them. We don't say it to them directly in the physical because we are hurting, we're harming them right then and there. And we have no idea what our words that are that our lies will do to that individual. So when I get, um, uh, I had someone last year, someone that I respected immensely, and she was very angry with me. She called me up and she let me have it. And spirit said, just turn within, turn within, speak your word, say a prayer, let her you can you can take this because I have a spiritual practice. I can take that stuff. So she did what she did. She said some horrible things to me about me. Mm. And what I said to my within myself was, that's not true. No, that's a lie. No, that's not possible. No. And then after I got off the, the phone, I cried. Because that was my way of purging. I let it all go. I let it all go. And I began to say um, words of truth about myself. And one of the things that I love to say is that, and it's in my affirmation book, I believe it is, you are great, grand, and glorious because I am. And I can say that about the two of you as well. You are, I am kind and loving. I am, I am generous. I forgive, I love. So there are still individuals in my world, as it turns out, (laughs) that are not practicing the presence of God, even though they may have a title. They're practicing something, they are practicing something else and they forget. So this particular person forgot, they forgot. And then I got to forgive them for they know not what they do. And then I got to I got got to love them because that's the essence of it. It's the essence. I got to return to love. Um, and I have not said anything to this person. 
um, because this was for me. I also believe that everything that happens in my life is for me. So I looked at that incident and I said, what's here for me? What needs to be birthed? Now I also um, talked to um, a, pract a practitioner, had a session, a full-blown session, which was wonderful. And I talked to a minister um, and, and was reminded who and what I am. So uh, words have power. And it's for us to, to remind ourselves to say words that lift individuals up because we cannot afford to tear them down. What a high practice. Yeah. Wow. What a gift. This is such a wonderful gift for our listeners. I, I, I feel that what you're discussing is so humane and, and relatable. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And I, I appreciate the, the examples. Yes. And remember, it just takes one person um, to, Reverend Michael teaches, responding and reacting. So um, human beings, human beings usually react. They spew. They react, they, they, they get angry, they, and they take it out on individuals. Um, spiritual be beings get to respond. So in that instance, with this particular person, I got to choose something right there, and we have freedom of choice. I got to choose what I, who and whose I am. I got to choose something higher. If I had decided that I was going to react to these words that were coming at me, guess what would have happened? This fight, this conflict. So it, it takes two people to tangle. It really does. And it takes one person to remember that love lifts everyone else up. So I'm sure after that phone call that there was a recalibration, this is what I'm. my prayer is, there, there was a recalibration that happened for both of us, for both of us. And I just have to make sure that there's a recalibration that happened within me, within me. Yes. How beautiful That's, that goes full circle in discussing the, um, the, the, the desired outcome while praying for John. Yes. And, yes, and here yes. in this circumstance, mm -hmm. understanding that the, the one that you can uplift, the one you can speak truth to and about is yourself. Yes. First and foremost, you mentioned self-forgiveness starting there. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I love that suggestion of, of crying and allowing the emotions to move through you. And, mm -hmm. and I hear you speaking into not identifying with that pain, allowing it to come up and move yes. through this is practical, pragmatic, spiritual practice. It's, it's yes. effective and it, and it really changes our perception in the moment. This is not something yes. we have to wait and, you know, one day down the line, it won't hurt so badly. No, no, no. Right. In the moment, we can in liberate ourselves. That's what I hear you speaking into. Yes, yes. It's really important because remember, I don't know about you guys, but I was brought up with the idea, don't cry. Don't cry. The world says that. Don't cry. And what the world is saying is, 
we don't want to hear your emotions right now. We don't want to um, hear what you're going through right now. So don't cry. Repress everything that you're feeling right now. So that repression has led to a lot, a lot of outward expression that is that bubbles up at some point as anger, as violence. Mm-hmm. So we have to take care of ourselves. We really do. If we don't, if we don't deal with something in that moment, in that moment, um, so that means reaching out to someone who can pray with us, reaching out to a practitioner, reaching out so that we can remember the peace that passes all human understanding. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say something. I really love uh, what you just um, showed us, the the process, and and Jen, you, you laid out so eloquently we're processing and transmuting the event because if we don't it's like that venom stays with us Mm -hmm. and then we speak from that um, you know level of consciousness we we are so angry within ourselves Mm because we didn't give ourselves the time to cry it out to process it to pray about it to to speak with a practitioner about it to be prayed about it just stays, the junk stays there. And as the days continue to, to, you know, unfold, uh, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's and right. It becomes That's into right. self-hatred sometime because I didn't, yes. I didn't uh, transmute it. It stayed there. And then when I speak about the event, what comes out is fire, fire yes. that, that destroys. Yes. Yes. And remember when we, when we repress things like that, mm. we are really attacking our body. Yes. And then oh, our body yes. wants to do something with it. And that hatred, that anger can turn in to what I, what I believe it can turn into disease. Because it is something that goes unhealed. Mm. So for us to be able to become free, we must uh, let go of that stuff. Now, we can let go of it by speaking it into a um, into the non-physical, into an empty space. We can also... Um, uh, speak about we can also transmute it by running by doing yoga by moving in some kind of way by i remember there have been times when i have had to um i've just go gone on a walk and before i know it i'm running because i am that's one of the ways that i'm processing this stuff this event that has happened so i get to let it i let go of it that's the the piece that is that you're speaking about letting it go let it no longer serves us we let it go we transmute it we really do that's what's really important because as human beings it gets piled up and piled up and piled up and then it may go into overeating it may go into the words that we're speaking it may go into just being unkind it may go into just closing ourselves off there are different ways that it can um it can transmute if we do not uh direct it i want to say it that way so to be able to call it forth speak it forth let it out 
and then let it go. It's really important. And it may take more than one time to practice all of this. It may, um, Paul Farini talks about that that, um, forgiveness is an ongoing process. We're always forgiving. We're always, we always have the opportunity to let go. We always have the opportunity to, to love again. Now that's me. When I teach forgiveness, I say that forgiveness is forgetting because remember forgiveness is not a divine quality. Unconditional love is the divine quality. That's where we want to be with all of this. So we forgive until we forget, until we're not even remembering what was it? Why was I so upset about that person? We forgive until we forget, and then we're loving again. That's where we get to land with everybody, loving (laughs) unconditionally no matter what. And that takes practice. It sure does. I can <laughs> that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm yes. working on it. Yes, I, yes. You know, when we talk about forgiveness, often we, we do recognize that it, it doesn't mean saying it was okay or do it again or, right. you know, um, and we don't necessarily need to ever tell the individuals that That's we are forgiving. Yes. About our forgiveness um, process. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said, instead of going and and doing what your mom called ugliness on another human being, you can imagine them there, which is very similar to the forgiveness work of seeing the individual before you Mm -hmm. and releasing that contract and go free, all of that beautiful Forgiveness. I heard Akili say uh, yesterday uh, uh, in leading a meditation, give forth. He was talking about forgiveness and he flipped it and said, it's giving forth. It's a, it's a, it's a forth giving, forgiving, give it it away, release it, get rid of it, Mm -hmm. give it, Mm -hmm. give it away again and again and again until you forget. Yes. Until you forget, because this is what's happening. The person that you think has done you so-called wrong, that person is going about their own business. They're living their own life. They have forgotten about you. They have forgotten the stuff, whatever it is that they have said. And here we are um, harboring this unforgiveness. That's the importance of of the work. We get to do it for ourselves. I remember... um, I remember that I, I really did get this process, this practice from my mother um, when I was probably 18 or 19 years old. And I had uh, spoken to my Aunt Cora, and I write about Aunt Cora in my book, and I had said something to her. And uh, my mother, I'd left Aunt Cora, went home, came home and, and I came upstairs. My mother came, followed me upstairs and she said, I just got a call from your aunt Cora. You have to forgive her. You have to call her up and, and tell her that, that, um, that you're sorry. And I said, no, I don't. I can do it metaphysically. <laughs> it, was, it was so, it was, that's why I love this because, you know, um, when we offer forgiveness, um, our humanness tells us that we do expect some kind of an outcome from that other person. 
And my aunt Cora could, my aunt Cora would have said, because she taught me about forgiveness. Oh, sweetheart, I forgive you. I've already forgiven you. If it had been another person, they could have said to me, I'm not going to forgive you. You hurt me. So part of the forgiveness is that we don't have to wait on anybody to forgive us. We forgive ourselves. And then Aunt Cory taught me, um, and, and I'm remembering the languaging, um, she would say, if I intentionally, for, for, I, I intentionally, if I unintentionally hurt you, forgive me, because I didn't intentionally hurt you. And she would say something, it's in, it's in my book, I'm not remembering the words right now, but she, she would always wake up in the morning and go to bed at night saying that if I, um, if I intentionally hurt anybody, I forgive me, I forgive myself, I forgive, I forgive it all. And if I intentionally, if I unintentionally, you know what I'm wanting to say. It's she, yeah. The whole practice was about forgiveness. The whole practice was about forgive, um, forgiveness. So if there was an intentional um, hurt, I forgive myself, I forgive others. If there is an unintentional hurt, I forgive myself, I forgive others. She wiped the slate clean and she began again. The next moment, as Paula was saying, um, I forgive me, I forgive myself, and I begin again. I have a new start in this now moment. That's yes. the beauty of mysticism and metaphysics. We get to begin again right now within ourselves. Yes. yes. And even saying that is using the creative power of the word, right? Using yes. the, word, I the words, I forgive myself, I, I forgive, forgive them. Yes. Yes. Or any intentional or unintentional event. Mm -hmm. yes. Beautiful. So I'd love to ask you, um, what um, what is the name when we pray and we get, it's not evidence, we get, um, whew, what's the word? When we pray for something and then we see, they see a the manifestation, the manifestation mm -hmm. of a prayer. Mm -hmm. um, it's, there's a word, but I forgot. Um, <laughs> so... Have you seen um, manifestations in your world or in the world of your readers that come to you and say, Karen, I apply principle number three of, you know, yeah. the creative word, using the creative word, and this happened in my life. So would you share with us some of this um, evidence that you found that this is, this is law, that when you work with this law, it manifests in a beautiful way in our lives? Yeah, I, I hear... I hear this always from my clients. Um, you know, this whole practice of principle one, begin each day in a spirit of gratitude. Um, because the extended practice of that is that you're using gratitude throughout the day. And guess what happens when we're grateful for things? We have more things in our life for which to be grateful. So the practice of that, waking up, setting an intention, and it's one of the things that I love. I, I said that my mother and my grandmother taught me about intention setting. So the idea of my mother used to uh, wake up in the morning and she would have a book and she would write down her intentions um, for the day, the week, the month. They were all the year. They were all in that book. And um so the idea of setting in an intention that I'm going to be more loving, I am loving this day, and to come back 
at the end of the day and to be able to write things down. Oh, this is the way that I showed up to be more loving. Yes. So that and to, the, the, the most powerful thing, and that's why I wanted us to talk about this, is principle three of my clients saying when I applied this principle, when I re remembered that I'm abundant, then abundance is in my life. And abundance is not just financial abundance. It's the abundance of joy. It's the abundance of unconditional love. It's an abundance of life, life, and more life. So it's, it's that kind of, those kinds of things. Um, let me just think. Um, speak kindly, respectfully, honestly, and openly. Um, that's principle number six. So um, clients have said, you know, when I'm real about myself and about others, and I speak that realness into um, as a law of my life, those are the kinds of things that have come back to me. So clients have said that so-and-so is speaking more kindly, that they're more open. Mm -hmm. uh, and one, this is one of the ones that I love too. be open and be flexible and open to change. That's a huge one. Mm -hmm. You know, the world is changing so much to be open and available, not to say no automatically. That's one of the things that I, that I have to work on constantly. Okay. And, and my living in the yes zone principle seven, I get to say yes. I get to say yes. Sometimes I get to say no, setting boundaries. So when I work with my clients, these are the things that they that they bring back to me, the reflection mm -hmm. of these principles. That's the demonstration, the ah, manifestation. That's the word. Yes, that's the demonstration. word. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's the demonstration that we that gets to come up um, when we practice something consistently. Um, when we when we stand in our integrity, when we when we are in, in our integrity, and that's what all of this is about. We are in integrity with a higher way of being, not creating any separation, but remembering that um, we want to be with like-minded people. We want to be with people who perhaps are doing something that we want to do, and we. Um, we stand with them. We learn from them. We incorporate them in our lives because um, they are a masterclass to us, you know? So um, the idea is someone, I was talking to someone recently and, and he was talking about being yoked with the same kind of individuals. This is what we're talking about a higher consciousness, people who are practicing a higher way of living um, so that we can, they can learn from us and we get to learn from them and there's no separation at all. This, dear listeners, <laughs> the privilege of being close to Karen. This is, you are a masterclass, you're a living masterclass. Oh, oh you're sweet. Oh, I'm honest. I'm honest. I just reap the, the benefits of loving you and being near you. <laughs> and, and I know that our listeners are enjoying the, the fruits of your profound practice and, and your devotion and dedication to spirit and to 
The larger community. I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be a part of your community, and I also get to witness you serving agape and beyond. Speaking of being with like like minded individuals, yes. speaking of 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 God recognizing God and staying in uplifted conversation and creativity. Yes. Can we shift the conversation slightly? We'll give a little shout out to your co-CEO, Sean. Hi, Sean. Oh, yes, 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 yes. My <laughs> brilliant uh, millennial, he and I came together at Agape. He's in the UK. I'm in Los Angeles. And we, when we met, we both realized that we would be working together. It was just one of those... Because let me let me tell you a story, okay? Really quick. Story. Yes, please. Yes. So I'm at I wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning at five o'clock in the morning because I'm going to Agape. And I said, I had already, I always put my clothes out and everything. So I'm ready to roll. Uh, but I said, and I said, oh, I don't need to go to Agape today. And Spirit said, get up and go. It was, I remember the clothes I had on my back. I remember where I was sitting and Reverend Michael at Agape service said, we have some special guests with us. It was during a time when he was having, Reverend Michael was having people stand up and he says, and they're from the UK. I love the UK. So my, my head just sort of pivoted to this group of individuals who were authors. I had just received back the edited version of my book on that Friday, that Friday. And um, so I was, I was so interested in this. Spirit said, get out your card. And I said, okay. So I got up and I said, so when, did I, when do I give it to him? I didn't even know. I couldn't even see where Sean was because there were authors who were actually speaking. And I got up, I went over and I saw this, saw this man who I thought was a licensed practitioner. It wasn't. I gave him a hug and a kiss. He was just somebody who was stretching his legs. Turned out to be Sean's partner. Peter. So I met Peter before I met Sean, went over, gave Sean my, um, my card. I, I don't even remember what I said to him. And we, that was five years ago. No, more than five years ago, October of, of 2017. And then we started, I, he brought me to the, I, I brought myself to the UK, we did, I did workshops there, did my first workshop on 10 principles for a life worth living, went back three or four times and we became just really good friends. Um, and we started talking to one another um, via Zoom and we said, we should be recording this. So after, I don't know how much time, and recording, there have been different ideations of, of say something good. You know, it just began a certain way with a certain title. Now it's um, say something good. And we have this wonderful um, business together called The Good House. 
it's a collaboration of of what he does and what I do. So the good house is where we get together people who want to write books. We have groups of authors and um, we take them through a six month transformational process where they, um, some come with an idea, some come with a fully completed manuscript, so they think so. And within six months, and then maybe a few months after that, they have completely transformed their their lives. Um, they have transformed perhaps what a completed manuscript look like, looks like. And now they are, um, after a certain amount of time, a little over a year, they have a book that they can speak from that is the magnificence of, of their lives. Um, we also... Um, have published a book um, uh, that Reverend Michael has written. It's a transcription of a workshop that he did. Um, Let me remember it. Plenitude, Prosperity, Plenitude, and Infinite Possibilities. Um, And under the umbrella of the Good House, we have this Um, program called Good Flourishing that we are going to be launching one of these days very, very soon. That is a relationship between mindfulness, emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, and flourishing. So there's a lot of good things that are happening. A lot of good things. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of excellent quality content from podcasts, which is the good news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the um, the publishing that's creating more content, not only books but other but other expressions. Yes, and yes. all with the intention of creating content that is uplifting. What it, what is the intention that that you all have there? Well, at yeah, it's it's about um, it's about the full expression of goodness that our lives have. That's, uh, you know, and I'm just saying that right now, that's what it's all about, because we know that um, that the goodness of God is always expressing itself, itself. So as we give ourselves permission to accept good, as Reverend Michael said two weeks ago, that our lives begin to flourish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. It really is. Yes, 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 yes. Beautiful. So we're going, we're going to be um accepting in um July new authors to come into our program of the Good House. Um or and potential authors that want to have a transformational experience. This is going to be our fifth group of authors. Um, the Good House um, has been in being uh, in for two. This is our third year that we have begun. We have um, not only published Reverend Michael's book, but Reverend Cynthia's book, um, Jason Benefit's book. We are we have authors from all over the world, all over the world, including France, including um, the different states in the United States including the UK. Uh, it's just really 
a wonderful thing. Everything is all done on um, on Zoom meetings. So this is the good news that has come out of out of um, the out of 2020 because that's wow. when this all began. Yeah. And soon from Italy and Costa Rica. And there you soon go. from Italy and Costa Rica. I love it. I love it. Yes, 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 yes. So, so it's really very, very wonderful. And I and I know that it gives individual because once you have a book, you can do whatever it is that mm-hmm. you want to do with it. I heard I'm, I belong to an organization called Guidely, and they said three years ago that individuals need a book. And they need a podcast. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, my it's friends, it. we're all set. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, and we will be sure to include all of the links for the good house, the good news, the your podcast, your website, Instagram, yes, yes. Uh, links to your your three book series. I mean, Thank we've you. got all of this Thank for you. our listeners. And. Um, is this an invitation for new writers? Can they submit to The Good House? Is that? Yes, they can submit if they go to um, tghbooks.com. Uh, and our, because we're doing in this transitional phase of The Good House, there is enough on there where they can um, tap on submissions. And I think we just require um, a one page idea about um, your idea for a book. We want individuals to come to us with an idea and then through our one-on-one mentorship and our uh, our group meetings, so we meet with the authors twice a month, one one-on-one, one in a group, we, um, the books emerge. It's just wonderful. So we set an intention for a a book to emerge and they really do happen. They really, if they happen, if there is a practice of writing um, according to the way that the authors write. We have authors who can sit down, they sit down every Monday and they do some pages or they sit down for a couple of hours in a week and they do some pages. So before you know it, a book has manifested. So we do, we do that, then we, it goes to, to design, um, and then it goes to, and then we distribute to 39,000 outlets. And it's really very, very wonderful. And individuals can take that and they can do whatever it is they want to do with that, workshops, um, different teachings, what, whatever that is. And I, I want to remind individuals that this is, all of this is based on universal principles. Um, and... And it is based on really uh, the good that is flourishing through and as each and every one of us. It's the good news of our lives. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wow. What a wonderful yeah. invitation. My mind is going like, ooh, that's very, very attractive. It's good news. <laughs> and yeah. for our listeners, uh, I, I, personally, I got lots of clients who want to write a book. Great. And so great, I'm, great, great. I'm very excited to share this with them and this beautiful conversation we've had today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Everything you said today is is so beautiful for our soul. It's, it's food for the soul. Yes. Thank yes, you for thank having you. me. I've enjoyed this. Yes. 
You are so prolific, so generous, so loving, so creative. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you for joining Thank us. You. Yeah. I love you. I know Paula too. loves yes. you too. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love her too. <laughs> yeah. It's this love, it's this loveness, this lovingness that brings us all together. Yeah. And why not speak it out? Why not say, I love you? You know, because it's um, it really is the soul meeting soul in our oneness. It's good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Uh-huh. All right. But thank you, everyone, for listening today. And we'll see you on the next, next episode. Goodbye. Thank you. Peace to you all. Bye-bye. This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. And we bless your life. Peace be with you.